Get ready to laugh out loud with Wise and Nerdy, the show hosted by two hilarious dads who are bringing their unique blend of wit, wisdom, and nerdiness to the airwaves. From sharing hilarious anecdotes about their own experiences to giving advice on navigating the ups and downs of life, these two dads have got you covered. But that's not all. They're also obsessed with all things nerdy. From comic books and sci-fi movies to video and board games. So whether you're a fellow dad, a pop culture fanatic, or just in need of a good laugh, tune in to Wise and Nerdy and join in the fun. All right, and welcome to a Charles list, Wise and Nerdy. So we can be a little bit more wise and a little bit more nerdy and uh, a little less boisterous. Charles. A little less Charles. <laughs> a little less Charles. <laughs> uh, those wonderful voices that you hear is uh, the one, the only VO by Kurt, who is oh. <laughs> here all the time, <laughs> steady as a, as a Clydesdale. <laughs> All right. Not sure how I feel about that. (laughs) And and joining us is Stephen, aka Charles 2.0. Yeah, I've uh, evolved. I'm the evolution. (laughs) If Charles is a Charmander and I'm a Charizard, uh, we've moved on. Yes. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm Stephen. I'm I'm uh, radioing in from a distant land of a different Twitch channel, but I'm happy to be here. So thank you for having me. Stephen, the uh, the titan of podcasting, instead of the um, rock god. Uh, yeah, yes, that's, <laughs> I'm the smooth jazz god of podcasting. Uh, much more even keeled, not as high energy. You know, let's just let's relax and ease into our weekend, everybody. <laughs> the Zeus of yacht rock. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Kurt knows what's up. Oh man. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. What do we got here? It's the question of the week. So you're just going to play all of my bumpers tonight because you're uh, in control? Hey, it's it's <laughs> random. I really it, like it how be. Kurt, Kurt did that without moving his mouth. How, that's amazing. Well, ironically, sometimes I do move my mouth. <laughs> you do your old voiceover. Uh, so the question this week... Comes to us from Stephen. What is the strangest food you've ever had that you ended up liking? Oh yeah, that that on paper it should not work, but it did. Mm. So Stephen, what what do you got? Yeah, I can run away with this one for a second. So a few weeks ago, a friend of mine proposed a sandwich that sounds like it came straight from the mouth of hell. Like it's not a sandwich you should eat. You should have in your mouth. And that was an egg and peanut butter sandwich. Uh, A protein monstrosity. Uh, And I I looked at Red Bride in the eye and I said, no, uh, that is not acceptable (laughs) as a human being. Like, you should not put something like that in your mouth. And he got another friend to try. He said, just do it at lunch. So another buddy of mine tried it. He said, I'm not going to lie. It was pretty good. I was like, nonsense. (laughs) You're in this together. What is wrong? So today. I had no food at the house other than eggs, and I had some peanut butter, and I said, I said you know what? I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to put this thing <laughs> together. So I toasted the bread. I kind of scrambled up an egg. I put the peanut butter on the bread first, and then I put the egg on there, and then I made a sandwich. 
I bit into it and I swear I stared out the window for a good two minutes while chewing, <laughs> just going, well, holy crap, that's actually not only edible, but delicious. <laughs> it was <laughs> the dumbest. I was so mad. I was like, wow, I've been hammering him about this sandwich for two weeks. And now I got to walk in there and be like, all right, you're right. It's delicious. <laughs> you you threw me because I wasn't sure if you're going to go runny yolk or not. Oh, no, I don't think I could go that far. I think, oh, I think no. you're going to have to fried hard or scrambled something with no juice. Huh. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. What about you, Joe? Oh. What you got? Uh, so first, I'm going to comment on something similar that my dad used to eat, but substitute the egg for bacon. I mean, come on. Dude. He used to have bacon and peanut butter sandwiches. I, I, look, I think I've had a bacon and peanut butter sandwich. I mean, <laughs> how could that be bad? Like, and, and and if he could, if we didn't have bacon in the house, he'd he'd fry up some bologna and have bologna and peanut butter. But I I could buy the weird. bacon. Yeah, the bologna's a little. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it does get saved a little bit by frying it up. Yes, but but yeah. but eh, the bologna's a little weird. <laughs> uh, for me. One of the weirdest things, I was at someone's house, and they were, for dinner, they were feeding me dinner, and they had cooked this amazing venison chili, okay? And that's that's great. Right. <laughs> yeah. A side dish that they expected you to dip into the chili was cinnamon rolls. Cinnamon yeah. rolls dipped in the chili. Apparently, it's a thing... In the Midwest. Oh, is this another one weird, like, Cincinnati chili on spaghetti thing? <laughs> yeah, something like that. But apparently it's a thing. And they, I, I guess for them, the story was that the local school, whenever it was chili day, always had cinnamon rolls for the dessert. And the kids would, would dip it. And so it became a thing in their house as well. And it wasn't bad. It wasn't I like I would prefer them separate, but it yeah. it wasn't bad together. Would you well, do it you, twice? I haven't. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and you know that that first kid who dumped his his cinnamon roll in the in the chili did it accidentally and was trying to save face, and and just like <laughs> went. No, guys, really, this tastes great. <laughs> <laughs> I totally you to do that. It's like the pizza and corn people, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. put corn on my pizza. Yeah. Weirdos. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, so I've got actually, I, I think I've got two. Ooh. And one of them is from years and years ago when, it's not strange, but it's strange that it tasted good to me. And um, years and years ago, I, I worked um, a summer job and, we, I went to lunch with the guy I was working with, and he said, you got to try this. All it was was an anchovy pizza. Okay. All right. And anchovies have always been the, the butt of the pizza joke, right? Mm-hmm. And I tried it, and I went, oh, my God, I really like this. I really <laughs> like it a lot. Now, and I still do. I still really, really enjoy an anchovy pizza, but not cold. I can oh, I can imagine that would Cold suck. Terrible. Cold um, fish is not something you want right. to eat in general. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, but but the more recent one where I I I had gotten some some uh, I, I got a different food and I and I went 
they this can't be good. Like, and it was, uh, you've seen those pre-made tuna packets in the in the grocery store, right? The Starkist yeah. stuff. Um, they have one that's Thai chili flavored, and I went, "Oh come on, man! Like, <laughs> I know you're trying here, but there's no way this can be good. It might be the best flavor they have." Holy cow! It's 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 it works way like literally as I was eating it, I'm going, "This should not be good." Like it yeah. just it doesn't make any sense. Um, but turns out I'm thinking that Thai chili makes everything better. It's <laughs> probably true. I've had Thai I've had, chili in a cinnamon bun is pretty dang great with some bacon, <laughs> <laughs> and an egg. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh, uh, yeah. We've got one in chat here from oh. Random Kid. Yep. Says my brother Ooh. used to dip bread in hot chocolate. <laughs> and as a follow-up, he would suck the hot chocolate out of the soggy bread and then I assume eat it. Eat the bread. Or, or would he or would he double dip with the bread after he sucked <laughs> the hot chocolate out of it? Because that's gross. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but he just, had me in the first half, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. But that second mm. look, bread to soak up hot chocolate, it can't be bad. It's I'm, it's just chocolate. Uh, yeah, yeah, just soggy chocolate bread. <laughs> oh, bread should not be soggy in any like any sort. Like you can solidify bread. You know, stuffing's a thing. Right. But soggy right. bread. Like maybe if it was like a French like a baguette, like something that yeah. holds its a form. harder bread. Yeah, or a yeah. hearty but or a hearty like Would it absorb the hot chocolate though if it was a Sure, that's what French baguette? dips do. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, okay. It's a French right. dip but hot chocolate. It's like a right. North Pole dip. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> North Pole dip. You, you coined a new, a new sandwich. It's, We've got it. Yep. It's it's the re, it's the reindeer French dip. Reindeer <laughs> hot chocolate au jus. Yeah. Oh yeah. no! Oh man! Little yeah, peanut no, butter and egg with hot chocolate. <laughs> Oh man, we've made a delicious last meal for somebody here. <laughs> Cuz they'll die from food poisoning? Yeah. You know what I've never had that I just love to eat? <laughs> Vegemite. Oh. Yeah. Oh. You can keep that Australia. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah, I think it's probably one of those acquired tastes that you, you either hate it or you love it type of thing. Yeah, it's like fried okra, you know? Unless you were born eating fried okra, you look at it and go, no, or that's disgusting. Scrapple. I don't know if either of you have oh, ever yeah. even heard of Scrapple. Okay. So I've, I've heard of Scrapple. I haven't I haven't tried it, but I would. So I would try it. For those in our audience that have never heard of Scrapple, it is basically a breakfast sausage spam, mm-hmm. basically. Um, and, and it's it's square <laughs> you, you slice it up you fry it up and, and you eat it my dad used to love it with an over easy egg and then mm-hmm. tossed on toast but doesn't it, sound it, bad it it was okay i i preferred just you know normal bacon or sausage but you know scrapple was okay yeah 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 all right well let's go ahead and roll that dice stupid mike <laughs> <laughs> what are you nerding out about now? All oh, right. Boy. 
Steven, what are you nerding out about? Yeah, I got, I got, I've had a nerdy couple weeks. Uh, so I'm in IT. You're in IT. Kurt, you're yep. in IT. Everybody's in IT. <laughs> so like everybody, the IT there, cast. There's one of the things I've been ever nerding about, which is more or less been forced on me, is AI models. Now I don't know if everyone in the audience is familiar, but AI is a thing. Um, you know, it's not going not just anywhere. a crappy Spielberg movie. No, no, it's a real, it's a real thing. Oh, David the robot. Um, <laughs> so I've been uh, kind of our company's kind of pushing like, hey, we should get familiar with AI, and I was not having it. I said, mm. I don't know what I'm gonna do with it. What are we supposed to build? Blah, blah, blah. Went through a couple of training classes and I went, all right, I hated it. Now I'm curious. <laughs> so I have been playing around with a bunch of local AI models on my machine because uh, I got the big old GPU. Not big, It's like three years old, but it's doing the job. And I'm having a really good time uh, figuring out how to how to work AIs, how to talk to these different models and stuff. Been really nerdy. That is less uh, you can uh, probably relate to it less. Some of your audience members than this other thing. I've been nerdy about 3D printing. And this I have something to show you uh, that I'm really excited Ooh. about in the 3D printing realm. And uh, one day I'll tie the AI and the 3D printing together. But for now, uh, we're just going to 3D print. Oh. I've had this thing for a Could, year. Um, I wonder, yeah. real quick, I wonder if, because you can have AI artwork. Sure. I wonder if you can have an AI generate a 3D model, an STL file, in the future for 3D printing something. Maybe. I mean, you'd have to train it on things that actually printed successfully and hope that it didn't create spaghetti, right. uh, which has been my or, experience. Or Will Smith eating spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, everyone remembers that. Uh, we've come a long way, Joe. We've come a long way. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I've, I've had this thing for like a year. I printed a few things. I was like, this takes forever and everything screws yep. up. Uh, but... I got more interested. Somebody was showing me some tips. They said, like, you got to level your your platform properly. You got to do all this stuff. So I bought like a feeler gauge to make sure I had the nozzle just the right distance from the thing. Anyway, and I also learned about something uh, for storage and organization. This is a uh, honeycomb storage system. So think of it like pegboard. Okay. But this goes on the wall, and then little uh, accessories can poke in these holes, and they clip in. Like, uh, you can put shelves, you can have tool holders, you can have anything you can imagine that can clip inside these standard-sized hexagonal uh, holes. So I'm I'm working on building a bunch of these so I can put on my wall, and I got a new organization system. And it print. this is the first one I've been able to actually get print successfully today from bottom to top, and I'm learning a little bit every day, and it's an absolute blast. Um, This one, I think, is just called Honeycomb shelves or something on printables uh but there's another one called gridfinity which has a lot of hype that's like a, a grid system for putting in drawers Ooh, so it's a wow. it's, an, it's a it's a perfectly sized um or standardized grid system and you print little boxes that fit in those grids so you put the little grid platform in your drawer and then the little you kind of tetris organizational boxes <laughs> in the grid it's really flipping sweet but it takes forever because my printer took like six hours to print this. Yes. Um, and what kind of printer drawback. do you have? It's the Ender Cre- uh, Creality Ender V2. Um, okay. You've got the, yeah. the newer version. I've got the v- the first version. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. And I tell you, like, if I print enough stuff, I could see investing in a faster 
printer with some more bells and whistles. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I saw a video but, today about one from uh, Prusa that has five nozzles on it so that you can oh, yeah, you can print in multiple colors. Uh, and yeah, that looked pretty dang sweet. Yeah, it's a different world than it was 10 years ago. Like, they got them now. This one does, does 50 millimeters a second, which is pretty, it, like, it's a de- decent clip. But there's others that do 250 millimeters a second because it's got like <laughs> vibration cancellation and stuff. It uses the vibration of the machines that flies across the board <laughs> to like stop at the right spot. It's, it's wild. Anyway, I've been having a blast with that. It has been keeping me very occupied. Haven't pulled the trigger yet. I, I just because I know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> what's going to happen, Kurt? I'm going to I'm going to end up obsessing uh, on it for a while and. And, uh, yeah, no good can come from that. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. The rabbit hole is deep on that one. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and the one that I mentioned, like, bells and whistles are great, but it it was also, like, a $4,000 printer. <laughs> yeah, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They do have them. Like, there's some that are much better than one I've got for seven. So it's like you have to double your money almost every time, though. You go from, like, this one was 300 bucks. And then you get the six or seven hundred dollar one, which is, I mean, twice as good, really, with more bells and whistles. But then the next step is like the thirteen hundred dollar printer, and you just get you can go crazy. I mean, you really walk down a dangerous rabbit hole here. Well, I, I'd and, have to be making things to sell. At that exactly. Point. Yeah. Yeah. I would need it to fund the hobby. I need yeah. the thing to actually fund itself, and I'm not. I'm too lazy for that. That's right. not happening. <laughs> right. I get you. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and then and then you go down the the rabbit hole of different materials and things like that, and the materials get super expensive. And uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. At some point, you have to stop trying to learn more. Uh, you just have to just go like, you know what? I've learned what I need, and if I keep learning, I'm going to keep thinking, "Ooh, that would carbon fiber printing." Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's why. Well, that's why I thank God for YouTube, though. Like yeah, right. YouTube, you can go way down the bunny hole on any subject you want without actually having to do it and kind of get that a little bit of an endorphin rush from just learning about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at some point that becomes dangerous because then, then you start going, how much would it cost me? And yeah. do, am I really into this enough to do that? <laughs> and, and the answer usually ends up being yes until you get the stuff and you go, oh, no. exactly what have i done well and and you've got to be super careful like you mentioned the carbon fiber ones if you don't have the right nozzles for that it will destroy your machine yeah you gotta know what you're doing it'll it'll wreck it yeah yeah Yeah. read the manual read the friendly manual everybody yeah yeah (laughs) oh man kurt what are you nerding out about well, uh, just it's the it's it's the the beginning, the proto nerding of um, Avatar hit Netflix today. <laughs> yeah, oh, did. snap! Yeah, I, I haven't started it yet, but I am excited to. I'll probably start it this weekend with my kids. I started episode one, didn't even finish it, um, and I went, "All right, I like the way this is looking right now." Um, now it looks like they took it, they took a little bit more of a serious approach than the cartoon. Um, what I haven't done is I haven't seen any of, um, they really haven't even gotten into Ang's, uh, traveling at all yet. And so we haven't met anybody really. 
Um, no sidekicks per se. <laughs> um, uh, but as long as they don't take the fun out of it. Yeah. Cause that, that was, was a, one of my main key things component. With, yeah. It was a key component. And, and also that's one of the thing, one of the reasons why I hated the M night version. Um, Oh yeah. He made it completely unfunny. All the joy got sucked out of that movie. Um, yeah. So. And he's usually known for such <laughs> joyful work. You know, that was what was so shocking. Is yeah. Um, oh boy. Uh, yeah. Like when, when night, Ong, vi- tonight, Ong <laughs> visited the village. Yeah. I mean, real quick, buddy Holt, where did you stop liking him? What movie did you quit at? Oh, uh, uh, right after um, Unbreakable. Okay. After Unbreakable. Joe, yep. when did you quit on him? Uh, signs. Signs. Oh, so, 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 so I'm sorry. Let just to be clear, I like Unbreakable. That was the uh, last yeah. good. That was the last good movie for me. Right. Okay. okay. Last good movie. Let's go from there. Joe, is that Signs' I, last good movie? Well, I don't know what order they came out in. I sure. I liked I, I liked Sixth Sense. I liked Unbreakable. Yeah. So, when I watched Signs, I was like, really? Okay. There's like. There's like like I, I get all the different foreshadowing, but there's no payoff. Not really. No. Uh, yeah. Sure. And, and so I was like, eh, no. Nah. Good argument. So yeah. <laughs> and then the village was just like, again, really? <laughs> <laughs> See, the village was the last one I really I really dug because I like this whole like utopia is impossible messaging that was in there. But like Lady in the Water is what I was like, <laughs> what have I what have I done? Where what has happened? And then after that, it was just a, a disaster up until... I, I didn't even watch recently. Lady in the Water. I I, I I gave him a pass on Signs. Uh, you know, I didn't mm. like it, but I gave him a pass. I said, well, you know, everybody's got a bad movie every now and then. Then I watched The Village, and I went, nope, not doing this anymore. <laughs> I, 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 like, you just, yeah. And, and again, I don't think I've liked a movie he's done since. Wow, um, yeah. Well, and-, and... Because he didn't do... He's not responsible for... Uh, split right? Or he did split? Yeah, no, he, he did. did okay, so yeah. so no, no. Then I will walk that back. I really sure. enjoyed Split. Now mm-hmm. it was part, part because it was well one part of it was the Unbreakable good. verse right. or but whatever. Then it became part right. of the Unbreakable universe, and I went, yes, okay, yeah. good. I'm in again. Yeah, I haven't I seen Split, haven't... and then Glass. Right? Isn't that the other Glass. one? Glass. I, I, I still just... haven't seen Glass. Don't worry um, about it. Oh, if, <laughs> if you love split just leave glass uh i like split happen. quite a bit yeah, i like split, split quite a bit yeah glass will break you just leave oh. split was wonderful just enjoy it oh let uh. me put it this way our internet went down at the end of glass and we didn't bother going back oh, <laughs> <laughs> at the climax of the movie we we're just like i'm done here oh <laughs> But yeah, I'm sorry. I took that in a whole different direction. I just wanted yep. to see, go on with the Avatar. I didn't mean to, to yep. take us too far off. The- well, and, and plus, I mean, there is no movie in Bossing Say. So, nothing. I don't know no. what that means. Uh, did, did you ever watch the Avatar cartoon? No, no okay. I'm way out of my element here. <laughs> okay. Well, there's a, there's a point where um, they're brainwashing people and... They tell them there, there's no something in the city of Bossingsay, and okay, and so it, it. it's become a bit of a meme where 
There is no movie in Bossing Say, aka the M. Night Shyamalan movie does not exist. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> I love it. So, I love it. So, yeah. Yeah. It, it is, in a lot of circles, considered one of the worst adaptations ever created. That yeah. abomination. But well, Kurt, if if you're if you're if you like the TV series, I have not watched Avatar, the anime or the cartoon or the Dim Night Shot. I have I have no idea. When you said Avatar, I was like, oh, the way of water, you yeah, know, no. <laughs> which which I still haven't seen. I still hate <laughs> uh, that one. Uh, one of my coworkers well, refers to that as dances with Smurfs. <laughs> it's yeah. Fern Gully in space is the way I always. Well, it. yeah, um, I mean, honestly, look, uh, we're okay. Since we're talking avatar tangentially, <laughs> um, that, that first movie I saw five times in. Oh, yeah, sweet. Because it was such a spectacle that I had to bring people and mm-hmm. literally okay. I paid for IMAX tickets five times so that I could just say, you don't understand. You've seen these 3d movies. You haven't seen this. Yeah. And and because the 3D was off. pretty amazing. It, Good. It was amazing. And still uh I don't know that I've seen it matched uh, no. from that first movie. Yeah. Um <clears throat> now but granted, was it I, a good I, it was it wasn't a good movie. I mean, <laughs> no. no, we've seen that movie before. Pocahontas dances Pocahontas. Fern Gully. Yeah. I yeah. mean they're all the same. They're all the same. And and literally yes. I got I got out of that and went, huh. Pocahontas. And, okay, I get it. What um, was the weird metal that they wanted? Wasn't it like unobtainium or something? Unobtainium. Yeah. Oh. And yeah. what 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 gets me is they never even say what they use it for. They they give yeah. it this this name that makes it sound special, but they never are like, this is what we can do with it. Like, well, you've got why five did you more want movies it, to learn, right? right? But but it's like, why did you want it so bad that you were willing to destroy a civilization for it? Like, because <laughs> they need to make more mining equipment <laughs> to yeah. mine the unobtainium. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they use oh. it to make T eight hundreds. It's all really a shared r- universe, right? Oh my god, <laughs> can you even imagine if that's what we find out? Um, <sighs> I just, uh, I, I think in the movie theater, the first time I saw it and they said it's called Unobtainium and they didn't say that it was a joke, I groaned out loud. I, I think I literally was like, oh, You have full Charles. <laughs> James Cameron can't come up with a better name of a metal than this. Like, look, the X Men co- comic books just came up with Mysterium lately, which is the new, the new metal. That's not a good name either, but. Better than unobtainium. (laughs) I I agree. I mean, what's that? Hard to get tight? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was good. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So Avatar, anyway, great TV show. Great TV show. So far, so good. I'm looking forward to it. It's like eight episodes, I think. And they, they put them all out. So it's... Sweet. Probably will be a weekend binge. I might have to watch it. I'm a little nervous having no association with the show beforehand, but if if you think it would be good for somebody, a noob like me? The trailers look really, really good. I haven't, like I said, I haven't started yet, but the trailers look really good. All right. I would definitely give it a watch. Um, And then if you're interested, take a a look at the cartoon and see Mm -hmm. how you like that. 
Um, I will say that I uh, that happened to me recently with the One Piece TV show, mm, which I still mm-hmm. haven't finished. But they did a live action One Piece. I wasn't familiar with the anime, but I found myself having just a lot of fun watching the the live action. Sweet. And so I want to go back and watch the anime when I get it around to it. Probably, maybe. Um, yeah. As long as I don't get sidetracked by Demon Slayer again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, to have too many hobbies. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> oh, I just realized I have not downloaded the speak pipes from Charles because I'm oh, pretty no. sure he talks about uh, Yu Yu Hakusho in oh, that's his right. speak pipes. That hit too. Yeah. So I'm going to download those real quick, but I also need to talk about what I have been nerding out about. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, I have been watching a an anime called Solo Leveling. I swear to God, I thought you were playing a game and you were talking about <laughs> solo leveling it. Yeah. Right. Nope. An anime. And uh, I've actually in... In our Discord, I was having a conversation with Civilian, uh, Civilian on Base, about solo leveling. He said he's really, really liking it as well. It is an anime where um, these portals opened up in the world. And with the advent of the portals, certain people gained abilities. Um, and they're they're called hunters. And so you can go and have your ability measured and each hunter is given a grade from E through I think S um, on how strong their ability is. Um, And the whole shtick is your ability determines your strength, period. You can't, you can't increase your ability. You can, you can gain uh, proficiency in different talents per se, like different um, techniques, and you can you can refine that. But your strength level as a hunter, because you're already so far above the human threshold, that's where you cap out is based on your ability. Um, except there are rare instances, and they call it um, when you gain your ability, they call it an awakening. Um, and yeah. so when you when you, you awaken there are rare instances where people will experience a second awakening and then their cap is then that but that's it the main character goes through this traumatic event and he is able to unlock almost like a video game-esque challenge system where he can continually get stronger and so it, it's not over yet. Um, it's it's an ongoing season, but his um, his potential seems to be limitless. Um, and so he went from being known around Japan as the weakest hunter, barely above a normal human, to now he he considers himself like C or B tier already where I'm at. And he is aiming for S tier or higher. So like you do. Yeah. Like you do. Well, and the reason, the reason, the only reason he was even a hunter because he was so weak. The only reason is because 
the the stuff you get in the they call them dungeons in the portals that open up is worth a lot of money and he's trying to pay for um his mom's medical bills i was gonna say child's heart transplant but you know (laughs) same same i was i was ready for it (laughs) yep uh, where's the heart the heart at okay it's <laughs> right. in, this is that's it yep so yeah it's it, it, it's really good um it's gritty so it's yeah. not for everyone by any stretch of the of the imagination it's definitely not for everyone but i am i'm really liking it it's, this art is wild i just googled it just to look oh at yeah images. It looks pretty like I'm not anime is where my geek card just I can't get that part punched. <laughs> but <laughs> I really like this art. Me me too. I, I, I have a real hard time with anime and I yeah. wanna like it. But uh and Joe and, and Charles got me into Demon Slayer. I, okay. I actually oh, yeah. fin- I got caught up. I finished I finished what was available. I really enjoyed it, but I had to get past that over the top anime <laughs> reaction stuff. It drives me crazy. Like, yeah. just stop. Just, just stop. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I grew up on like Chuck Jones, man. Like, I, I, that's a cartoon to me. So, anime is taking itself so seriously. And then there'll be like a potato will come out of nowhere and have this ridiculous voice. And I'm like, what is that? Do where are? What is happening? And I'll just get all bent out of shape. But I yep. have watched some, uh, some Studio Ghibli stuff. And that's great. That's just beautiful. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I, only recently did I get into that. So I, w- I would give this a try, Joe. This looks pretty cool. Give it a try. I'm glad you brought it my attention because that's some cool looking art. And that person with the smiley face is creeping me out. So I'm in. <laughs> Where's it available? Uh, is it on Prime Video? I'm trying to remember now. I don't know. I asked you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so I watch so many things, it's hard to keep track of where everything is. It's definitely on Crunchyroll, but I, I thought it was on Prime as well. Um, uh, Crunchyroll is what IMDb says. Okay. Hmm. All right. So it might just be a Crunchyroll thing. <laughs> okay. It's also yep, very yep. difficult Maybe to I'd... Google solo leveling when, when it's right. <laughs> also like a concept in video games. You know? Yeah. Yeah, maybe I just saw it advertised on uh, Prime now that Prime has those stupid ads. Probably. They, uh, <laughs> they need to work on their SEO, change the title so we can uh, find it easier. <laughs> yeah. Maybe AI can help them with that. Yeah, I mean, that's if you right. Just type soul leveling anime, you'll find it. But yeah, it's it. definitely yeah, on uh, on Crunchyroll. Yeah, um, whether or not it's yeah, whether or not it's available on the normal Crunchyroll or if it. Because what Crunchyroll often does is they will make it free for the first like three episodes, and yep. then and then that'll be locked behind a paywall. Okay, um, yeah. So the the realgood.com says it's season one is free, but it could be misleading. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let me let me click on it. Nah. Uh, yeah. So it looks like yeah. Again, three episodes are available yeah. on Crunchyroll. Yeah. For well, the actually, free stuff to get you in and then yeah. get you hooked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've got they've got some a Crunchyroll has quite a few things that are available for free, but generally it's not the new stuff. So mm-hmm. yep. but all right. So all yeah. right. Well, we've got some messages from Charles, so let's go ahead and uh <laughs> <laughs> and see what he has to say. 
Hey, Charles McFarland, Rock Auto Podcasting. And Joe, you had me watch Yu Yu Hakusho and the live action version on Netflix. I'd never seen the anime, and you were worried that because they mashed together storylines, you wanted to know if we would miss something. I'm going to say I just found it to be a generic uh, anime. Honestly, most of it I just didn't care about. I did have, I did see some scenes previously on TikTok. So I was excited about that because the scene at the very beginning of the first episode where the, the God lady, the deaf lady, whatever she is, pops out of nothingness to talk to his spirit. That was cool. And I'd seen that on TikTok. So I thought, oh, okay, get me interested. And then the junkyard, uh, scene with the, the bad version of the Red Hulk, the wish, the wish Red Hulk. Um, that was okay. I'd seen that one on TikTok. Bobby, honest, most of the progression felt like the long versions of the story. And I'm going to have to do a part two. So I'm going to do part two after this. But the, if that makes sense, it's like you got some of the, the building between the main character and the blonde friend, and you got some of the learning how to fight, and that stuff made sense. But there just didn't feel like much of a connection with any of the characters. So I guess I could have used a deeper background on some of these characters to care, to give a crap, I guess is what I'm struggling with. Um, part two coming up. Yeah. So Steven, for your reference, cause I doubt you've seen Yu Yu Hakusho on Netflix. Oh no, I'm way well versed in it. Um, <laughs> encyclopedic knowledge, as a matter of fact, <laughs> so, w- Wikipedia knowledge, maybe uh, <laughs> the, the live action version took two seasons of the anime and put it into five episodes. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, and they mixed and matched, like they took snippets from this season, snippets from this season, blended it together. And yeah, it like a yeah. clip show. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> Basically points. Yeah. All right. So, whereas the anime I've watched three times all the way through. So but I, I like the anime. So, all right. Well, Yu Yu Haku show. Yes. All right. Yeah, it's, it's an older Google anime. I don't know if there's anywhere to watch it. Last time I watched it, I found someone had posted the episodes on YouTube. That was yeah. the last time I had watched it. But I've found that some older shows you got, they're like mirrored on daily motion. And by mirrored, I mean, they're literally like flips yeah. all the text in the wrong direction. I get some past uh, <laughs> yeah. the old copyright detection or they speed up the audio a little bit to try to avoid it as well. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, things are just a little desynced. So do we uh, um, do we know if Charles was familiar with um, with the anime or or not? I c- he was I he was not familiar. That's why he okay. was coming in. Yeah. So it looks like the only places that have all four seasons are well soon to be Crunchyroll because they're absorbing Funimation. Tubi. Yeah. So if I remember correctly, Tubi's. Free, right? With ads? I think, I think so. Ads, yeah. Um, yeah, so all four seasons are on Tubi, and then two of the seasons are on Hulu. Hulu. Yeah, but, the first two the first two seasons are on Hulu. All right. So I mean the first two the second season is probably the best season out of all all four seasons. So watching the first two seasons, you're gonna get the best of Yu Yu Hakusho. All right. So yeah. all right, let's see what part two has to bring us. All right, part two here. So you have your 
two female characters, or three really, but the god lady, death lady, whatever, doesn't really count. You had the god dude with the pacifier the whole time. It felt like a really bad version of uh, Zordon, I think was the name, from uh, Power Rangers. It just, it was a connective tissue, but it was kind of irrelevant, uh, other than resurrecting Yushi or Yusho or whatever his name was. Yusuke. Uh, I tell you, the fight scenes were fun. Him learning how to use the powers was fun. Them training that episode was fun with the white-haired friend and the main character. But the girls were always just damsels in distress and had no real point. And the swordsman just kind of showed up and just kind of didn't. It was kind of interesting, but kind of not. And he was overplayed with the sulky, sullen mystery man aspect. The red demon, he was the most interesting out of everybody <laughs> with his story of tricking the lady and then, you know, so on and so forth. But the sacrifice of half a life didn't seem to matter to the story at all, had no real effect on the characters or the progression of the powers or anything like that. So uh, some of it was shallow. I've got one more part coming just to wrap up the final episode (laughs) and I'll do that now. Yeah. So, I I mean, when you cram two seasons into five episodes, you're going to, have to cut like all of the character development, which is what they did. I mean, it mm-hmm. sounds like he liked it. Um, still know what it's about because Charles is a master at describing <laughs> things, but so, yeah. Um, so, the yeah, you, you sure you needed a, a third host on the show? Like, I mean, you his, his Collins is really taking up a lot of the meat. I could, oh man, you know. yeah. So, Yusuke Yurameshi dies in the first episode, first episodes of either one. Um, and and he is given a deal where he can come back to life if he agrees to be a spirit detective so he handles issues for the spirit realm when when he needs to and usually that is in the it, it takes on the form of fighting demons who have escaped from the demon world and are wreaking havoc on the human world so all right. So in this case, Spirit World are the good guys. Yes. Okay. So the like Spirit World is like like heaven type of thing. Okay. I but mean, you can't not, say not, heaven not, for copyright reasons. Well, but right, it's, yeah, it's not entirely <laughs> yeah. heaven. Like, Moses will come down and just tell you. Wait, hold on. I guess Spirit World is they control the afterlife, and then there's the human world and the demon world that are separated. Although they used to be connected. But the spirit world separated them. So. Okay. Yeah. Got okay. it. Yep. <laughs> Clear as mud. And the yep. the yeah. the death just like Earth. We I totally same thing. <laughs> the it. the death lady that he keeps referencing, her name is Botan, and she's a blue haired lady who refers to herself as the Grim Reaper. So she 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 ferrets spirits from the human world to the spirit world. So okay, fairy man, got it. Yes, caught up. Except yep. she rides on a room. The old flying yeah. Dutchman. All right. Well, you right. know, everybody's got to have their mode of transportation. Yep. Right. <laughs> Otherwise, all mythology would be the same. And where's the fun and, in that? Yeah, that'd be and, boring. And the best part yeah. is he's making fun of the the god guy who has a pacifier. It, it, the the live action shows him in his adult form the entire time, whereas the in the anime he's in toddler form almost the entire time and so he's this talking toddler with a pacifier in his mouth that 
Yeah. Wait, so the adult dude has a pacifier too? Yeah, yeah, when he turns into his adult form, he still has his pacifier in his mouth in the in the anime. I'm talking about in the live action. Yeah, so there is no baby form in the live action. Right. He's only the adult form and he has the pacifier, yes. <laughs> you know, I've seen Stranger there, Things. Look, the yeah, King Burn King. Kurt. It's yeah. fine. If that's what he so, likes, the, let him do it. I mean, <laughs> relatively mild spoiler alert for the anime, because there, it has no payoff in the live action. He he is constantly siphoning off his energy into the and storing it in the pacifier. Okay. And so it it becomes a MacGuffin for a brief moment when he uses all that stored up energy to accomplish something. There wasn't a, a different object he could be siphoning that energy into that was less w- weird. <laughs> nope. Okay. Just want to make sure we went through all the ideas first. Oh, Kawinma. We yeah, his name's <laughs> Kawinma. All right, okay. now to, to part three. All right. So, Joe, you may have figured out that I just finished episode five, and I want to record my thoughts on uh, Yu Yu Hakusho. Um, again, generic, kind of lightweight. I just... Some of it was interesting. A lot of it just was kind of drug out and boring, to be honest. And there just wasn't any real connection with any of the characters. The final episode, that was actually solid to me for the most part until the final wrap up. The battles were good. Uh, the betrayals were good. Uh, the whole, uh, work your way through this, this betting thing that turned out to be nothing really. I mean, the whole <laughs> betting and the, the, the Japanese gangster that was losing everything and sweating and, he just didn't. He was so irrelevant, so irrelevant to the whole story in, in this show. Uh, the whole thing with the tears, uh, okay, you know, it, it just was irrelevant. I mean, I get it; it's kind of tracking to the sister or whatever. But yeah, but the 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 <laughs> hand waving at the end is what bothered me the most. Okay, so we finished the battle. He wins. Really cool scene, and then they settled the bet, and all of a sudden the the, the yokai just go back to hell or whatever. Why did dude shoot himself? I don't understand that part just because he lost finally. I I don't know. And then just to wrap up of, Oh, we say this line and that wrapped up that storyline. And we say this line and that wrapped up that storyline. It was a lot of throwaway wrap ups at the end that I could have just done without. You could have ended. No, he could have ended his his talk apparently. Uh, But the ending was a throwaway. Got it. So, Big spoilers, I guess, because that's where Charles is going with it. The The main character in the last episode bet his life on the outcome of the final fight. And so he lived up to his word. Like, betting is core to his character. And so he's he bet his life, so his life is, is forfeit. So... All right, that was a, that was a journey. It was in three acts there, Act <laughs> one, two, and three. You got the whole deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So because they, the live action combined the final fight from season one with the final fight from season two, and so that's part partly why it it was so confusing for Charles right there, because the whole betting. The, the guy that he mentioned, the whole betting guy, that's part of season one. And had, and whereas a lot of the fight took a lot of, took, other than the, the scenery, most of the fight took it, its 
inspiration from season two. So, yeah, they were just melding the two season finales. (laughs) Got it. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I said, I really like the anime. If you only watch the first two seasons, you're getting the best part of it. So if that's what you, if you choose to watch it. Um, But yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Oh, all right. Roll that dice. All righty. <laughs> Who was that? Uh, that was Bob. Tales by Bob. He was. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I hadn't heard one yet. So. Yep. Time for a commercial break. Ugh. <laughs> by the way, I haven't heard this yet. I've listened to a few episodes. I haven't heard the commercial break. <laughs> Oh, you have. It's so chaotic. <laughs> yeah, you know, we ought to let this play so we can just, like, get into the vibe of it. Yeah. Kill the rhythm. <laughs> All right. Well, if you want to call in and talk to us like Charles did this evening, you can head over to wiseandnerdy.com slash calldad and leave us your own speak pipe and become part of the show. If you would like to support us, you can head on over to patreon.com slash wise underscore n underscore nerdy and become one of our wonderful patrons uh, just like DevoSite who we will hear from next week we've got a whole bunch of uh, different speak pipes from him uh, and it, he talks a lot uh, he chimed in on the conversation on uh, our discord uh, when we were talking when I was talking to civilian about solo leveling and a couple of other anime uh, it was quite the conversation so again head on over to patreon.com slash wise underscore n underscore nerdy all right now that might have been the cleanest we've done that whole break <laughs> that <was good. laughs> on purpose. Well, so what what you need to understand is that Joe and I tend to troll um, Charles when when th- when this part comes up, we jump the gun and at and donate in the to plugs your daddy. And stuff. Patreon.com <laughs> exactly. slash wise. Oh, that's nerdy. good. I do have a question about call dad, though. Is it okay if I call three separate times to explain the same topic in three different segments uh, so we can talk about it? Is that legal? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. All right, good. Anything yeah. is legal. I'll just use the whole minute uh, three times. Perfect. Right, yeah, well, I think it's a minute and a half, 90 seconds. All That's those 90 fine. seconds. I can fill that air. It's fine. <laughs> or or if, if you don't want to break it up, you can uh, record it yourself and send it to us in an email, wnnshow at gmail.com. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. Roll the dice of destiny. Sounded <laughs> oh, like it came from behind me. That was yeah. wild. <laughs> Uh, that was, I think, Devo site oh, had that okay. one. I don't, I don't well, know if Charles right. even has that one. Bad dad joke. <laughs> <laughs>
So, in lieu of a certain daddy being out for milk, I think we're going to skip this segment. Yeah. Ho- hopefully, he returns next week. I think saving it for you, me. Charles. He told me he just needed to go get some milk and cigarettes. That's what I heard. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Roll that dice. It's personal story time. <laughs> Rumor has it, Stephen, yeah. that you have a unique activity that you do with your son, right? Oh, yeah. Me and, me and my kiddo are maybe not professional, but definitely amateur Sasquatch hunters. Uh, we, are, we are on the hunt in my neighborhood. Every now and then it gets dark, you know. I've been told by him, my son is eight years old. Uh, we'll call him Sam because that's his name. Uh, <laughs> Sam is eight years old, and he loves cryptids. All of them. Jersey wow. Devils, Sasquatch, Mothman, whatever. It's like his jam. Skunk Ape. Uh, he loves that stuff. So I, every now and then we'll, uh, we'll find an activity to do. We'll be like, hey, you want to go hunt, hunt a squatch this evening? So we'll drive. We'll get in my old Ford pickup because if you're going <laughs> to hunt squatch, you got to do it classic. Yeah, uh, and we drive down like the half mile to the pool next to the forest. You know, we go out and we walk the perfectly play- paved nature trail, looking for squatch evidence. Uh, so that is our our activity. He currently really wants to make a YouTube channel where we record our adventures on a GoPro and try to find a squatch. But uh, it's it is an absolute <laughs> wonderful. It's like snipe hunting. Yeah, if you remember snipe hunting when you were a kid. That was actually but, mentioned by, by random Oh, yeah, random yep. kid. Yeah, snipe hunting. But we we know for sure that there is a Sasquatch out in the woods. Like, this is a <laughs> You know, some sort of made-up game your uncle sends you out to do. No, it's out there. Found some bark, and he insists, my son being the tracker, I'm just following along, uh, insists that these are bite marks from a Sasquatch on this bark. He said they like to chew on it. In the winter time, I don't know where he learns this stuff. <laughs> now, now how old is Sam? He is eight years old. He'll be nine in like a month. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I, I met him uh, at yeah. DragonCon this last year. Yeah, yeah. He followed me around for a little bit there, where we actually met another a professional Bigfoot hunter. Uh, wild story. We're leaving the hotel to leave DragonCon. We're all kind of like, oh, man, we had a good time, but it's time to go. Walk out of the hotel, and there on the bench, like sitting right next to where our car was, was the Bigfoot hunter that we saw on a panel earlier that week. It was like the monster show from History Channel or whatever. He's over there, <laughs> massive human being, uh, seven foot tall guy. Like it felt that way anyway, but big old beard, overalls. I'm like, that's the guy, I'm pretty sure. So I took <laughs> Sam over there. I said, Sam, I, I said, hey, can my son get a picture with you? He loves Bigfoot. He's like, oh, yeah super cool guy was telling my kiddo <laughs> all about like the scariest monster he'd ever seen and stuff i mean these are guys that could get paid for autographs if they wanted to and uh he was just out there just chill enjoying talking to my kid about bigfoot for about five minutes before we left and uh i was very happy that we we ran into him it was great so it my my kid's uh bigfoot obsession continues Oh, uh, we're gonna cool. catch there you go. Yeah, pretty sure so, we're going to catch it. So Rand Kid had a question here. How can you be a professional Bigfoot hunter? Followed up by, yeah. how do you make money? 
So how, that's an excellent question. How does um, this guy monetize his Bigfoot hunting? Well, you find yourself a TV network uh, that's willing <laughs> to pay you. Uh, the, the only difference between an amateur and a professional is the cash money. Uh, and he has paid <laughs> him and four or five other knuckleheads uh, who are big personalities. You don't you don't get your own TV show on the History Channel with by by not by being just kind of mediocre. <laughs> These guys are over the top. So, like, it's just like ghost hunters, man. They get paid to go wander around scary buildings. They don't know, you know, but there they are doing their thing, making money. I think we could do it. If you if you guys and me, like, Charles can come if he wants to. We don't have to tell him about it. Uh, we could probably be professional Bigfoot hunters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we pulled off. Well, and part of it, honestly, part of it is convincing people that you know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, that's that's all <laughs> yeah. it is. That's all yeah. it is. And and there have been like books written on how I became an expert on something. And literally 90 percent of it is selling yourself as an expert and convincing the right people that you are an expert. And it doesn't matter if you know anything. No, <laughs> <laughs> no you so, just need to know more than they do or appear to know more than they do. Right. That's all it is. Yeah. So on, on a serious note, though, um. It sounds like just from the adventures that you're having, one of the things that your kid might grow into is a geocacher. Yeah, we've done that. Okay. We have done that. And it is a blast. Uh, go. He gets a little frustrated. We can't find stuff. Oh, look, uh, as an adult, I get frustrated when I can't find stuff. <laughs> yeah. Blue sucks. Uh, you right. know? But yeah, yeah, but we have done it. We found some cool stuff. And every time we find it, he just, it's the greatest thing ever. He gets yeah, so yeah. It's that ever. same, that hunt thing, right? Yep. It's, it's, uh, be careful because that can easily turn into, I need to collect things. Yes. <laughs> we've, we've seen that a little bit of that. Pokemon cards are the current, uh, thing, but yeah. yeah. Turn into a little mermaid. Happy. You just have <laughs> yes. a full cove of random stuff yep. you found. It's a cave of junk. We just find it in the room somewhere. Like, what is this? Yeah. Yeah. Geocaching is awesome and it's still, like way more active than people think it is. It's just not oh, yeah. as in fashion. Oh yeah. I love it. I've been doing it since college. Like it's, it's a blast. <clears throat> yeah. Oh man. So much uh, easier now with phones. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> According to random kid, uh, Charles is a shaved Bigfoot, <laughs> a hairless Bigfoot. <laughs> I guess I need to tell Sam he's met Bigfoot. We just didn't even know. Uh <laughs> Oh man! So that's the strategy. Are you guys coming to Dragon Con this year? Sam will not be coming with me this year. My wife and him—he's getting older, so missing school is getting a little bit more, you know, of a thing. So uh, I'm going this year, but I'm bringing along uh, uh, TV's Travis and and Audie. Norman, okay, if you're familiar with those guys, uh, they'll be coming along with me. Oh, that's time. cool. I I actually uh, I haven't met Travis in person, but I've been on his show a couple times. Oh yeah, show. so I, I it'd be good to see him in person. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have a blast. But uh we're already disappointed. Stephanie's like, I oh, we kind of wish we had decided to come. So next year they might be <laughs> they might be back. Doing it. Yeah, they might be back. Yeah, but sure. Yeah. Cool. There you go. What next, actually Joe? while we're there, oh what mm. brought you down to Dragon Con? Because to begin with? Yeah, because you're up in North Carolina, right? So Yeah. Uh but when I first went to Dragon Con, I lived in Tallahassee, Florida. Which isn't that far. Oh, and it okay. was the only con I knew about at the time, other than Comic Con in San Francisco. I was like, Dragon Con sounds neat. 
Uh, <laughs> so I went, and that was like one of the first years the podcasting track was around. It was podcasting track then. And like it was, it was the people from the Twit Network and Brian Brushwood and stuff were all there that year. And that's, that's kind of what drew me up there. And, and, uh, Ashley and I were convinced we were going to eventually be on the digital meet, the, the podcast. We're like, that's the goal. That's like the Super Bowl. If we can just get there, we'll make it. And then we did. And it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Only thing that separates you from your dreams is an email. Uh, that's that's what I learned from that experience. It, it's very true. Uh, yeah. If you if you go to uh, DC Digital Media Track on YouTube, I'm pretty sure there's links in all of our videos to get into the Discord. Um, and yeah, just yeah. if you want to participate, just ask. And yeah, can I do a show at Dragon Cut? Sure. Why not? Yep, what just sure. happened? Yeah. And then we got three other cons after that because Dragon Cut gave us confidence. So there are two cons in Raleigh and the Raleigh area. And we were just like, can we do a show at your con? Uh, yeah. Can you do it at 10 o'clock on a Thursday? Yes. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> we're coming. Nice. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Charles is trying to get wise and nerdy at more cons this year. We've already, yeah. already been to one. We'll be back at Dragon Con this year. And he's. Aiming, I think, for three more for Wise and Nerdy. Plus, he wants 20-something speaking stuff at conventions in general. So not not even just Wise and Nerdy, but he's pitching a game show and, and a bunch of other stuff. So, yeah. Good for him. I'll, yeah, I'll just let me know when to be there. Uh, I'll, I'll show up uh, if he doesn't. Uh, so <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, actually, um, at Chattacon is where... One one of the roll that dice that was Bob Tales by Bob, and he was on our uh, panel at Chatacon for Wise and Nerdy, so that nice. was a lot of fun. I'd, well, you know, I would I would show up, but given that I am the evolution of Charles, we can't be at the same place at the same time. Uh, <laughs> rip well, the space time well, continuum. Well, now that we know he's Bigfoot, does that mean he's like the the Crow Magnum version of Stephen? <laughs> Yes, actually, yes. He is the Neanderthal <laughs> big forehead version of me. Uh, I like it. <laughs> Does he listen to the show? Probably shouldn't let him. It's uh, who knows? Uh, I yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I think we ought to convince him to uh, cosplay as Bigfoot. Yes, I'm in. <laughs> I still, big Chewbacca epic I still think we should convince him. He's got a Snorlax onesie. I would love to see him wear that at Dragon Con, too. Yep. Although, he would... He would have heat stroke. He would oh, boil up in that. Okay. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, down in the pits of the uh, the Hilton. No, I don't think so. I, I I've seen uh, I've seen Phil wearing various Ooh. Pokemon outfits, and he is he he's moist. Yeah. When he takes that thing off, you're like, "What? Are you okay?" Uh, well, yeah. and you got to stand downwind too. Yeah, he's, he's got his feet sloshing around from all the sweat uh, at the bottom of his onesie. Yes, plan your plan your cosplay accordingly because uh -huh. it is hot in Atlanta. All right, what do you love? Nope, wrong button. I don't know. Sounded pretty good Roll to me. Roll that. <laughs> Roll the dice of destiny. Of destiny. Oh, good. Uh, which one's okay? Actually, we've got let daddy decide, which is how do I? And wow. uh, this one is how do I learn a new programming language? We don't have any experts here for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, 
Yeah, so with my new position that I started in September, I've had to learn uh, some PowerShell scripting, um, had to learn a little bit of C Sharp, and like we, the, my new area supports so many different things that I've had to learn quite a bit. And to be frank, my go-to source is Google. Because most programming languages, at least from a logical standpoint, are comparable. And so it's just like, how do I do this, but in this language type of thing? And then you, well, one thing I check is how recent were the posts because <laughs> yeah. programming languages, their, their syntax changes over time. So if you're looking at something from, you know, seven, eight, nine years ago, that might not be the way to do it anymore. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I, I consult Google, look at what other people are doing and see if it runs <laughs> that, that a lot of times that's what it is. It's just seeing what runs and, you, what you end up doing as, as a programmer is you build up your own personal library of source code. And then you're like, oh, I did that over here. You go over to that, you copy, you paste, you make adjustments as necessary, and you just reuse code that you've already been using. Um, and then you're like, oh, wait, this isn't the way to do it anymore. And you have to update it every now and again. But yeah, a lot of times it's it's Google. I mean, there's plenty of like websites and stuff that you can go to to learn, but that's what I do. What about you, Steven? What do you do? I try and come up with some sort of thing I want to make. Like, I got to have a goal. So, like, when I was first learning Python, for instance, I had Python. I had to do it at work, but I was still new. They hired me, and they're like, do you know Python? I was like, not really. They're like, you'll learn. It's fine. <laughs> so I had to kind of baptism by fire in some ways. But with that, we had a framework, and I could kind of pick apart other people's work to see, like, what I needed to do. But uh, to really cement into how I did it, I wanted to make a Twitch chatbot. Uh, so I kind okay. of started with googling like how do i start making a twitch chatbot with python and then you kind of learn from there nowadays if i had to do it i would like this is going to tie back to earlier but i would lean heavy on some chat gpt um i have done that for my new position I, be like I've how do that, i do this yeah. in powershell i use that this i don't know how to use python decorators really well like i didn't learn a lot about class inheritance and how decorators work so I just was like, I want, I'm doing this code the same time, same way in four different functions. What can I write a decorator that I can just slap on each of these functions and remove all that? And it just does it itself. Yes, you can, Stephen. I asked my local AI and it said, <laughs> yeah, here's actually how you do it. And I didn't trust it. So I went and I took it and I kind of, this is the thing about AI. Like it can get you most of the way. Uh, but you mm -hmm. need to know if you're looking at trash or you're looking at something real. So I took what it was telling me to do and I simplified it and I did like just a simple hello world kind of thing, uh, but using the kind of the structure it gave me to validate it. Like, oh, that is how those work. Um, so, yeah, if I had to do it now, it would be kind of asking AI like, hey, can you give me one thing I ask anytime I'm trying to play with a new model and figure out like, well, what can this one tell me that's different than this other one? Um, it's usually, can you show me how to make a website in Python, uh, that just does a hello world when I visit it and mm -hmm. it spits that out pretty fast. I'm like, okay, yeah, this code looks legit. And I'll, th from there, I know that I know how to do that. 
So I trusted a little more as I worked my way through the more complicated things. And mm-hmm. and what I found, I did this, uh, I built a project called polarbear.me, uh, P-O-L-L-E-R. It's a polling website. Did it for a hackathon. I didn't know any front end. I didn't know how to work a front end for to save my life. I just need, I, I needed a UI. I knew how to make the back background stuff work. I just didn't know how to present it to people. I did that all with AI. I'm like, okay, I want to use this framework somebody told me about. I want it to have a question field. I want it to have polling answer fields. And by the end of that week, I had asked it enough questions, built enough that I could then understand what I had built a little better. It's kind of like your parents read to you for a while, and then you start to realize you're you're picking up on the words in the book. Like you're starting to see them as words and not just squiggles as your parents teach you. So I'm I'm a big fan of using Chat GPT as a as a, a way to get in and get it to kind of show you what to do because you're gonna learn organically from that experience. It's like having a mentor, but and it, it is a mentor because people are wrong a lot. And Chat GPT is gonna be <laughs> wrong a lot. So you're kind of gonna have to work your way through it. It'll force where it is wrong, it will force you into learning a little bit. Random Kid right. says, Chat GPT is almost as confident in itself as Charles is in himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one, one of the things we talked about in previous weeks about the AI stuff is uh, I, you know, I, as you mentioned, I'm also in IT, but I am not a programmer by any stretch. Um, but I have a bunch of people that, um, sometimes we'll run into a technical problem that they're just trying to muscle their way through. And I've used chat GPT just to go, Hey, uh, how do you solve this mm-hmm. in PowerShell? And while what it spits out isn't going to solve the problem most of the time, it gives them a place to start looking again. Yeah. Right. And so it triggers a different direction. Um, and I find that very valuable. Um, that, that kind of thing. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like writer's block, right? Where you just, you're just going, I banged my head against this problem for like the last three hours. I have no idea where to go now. Yeah, sometimes it helps and sometimes it'll trigger a different thought process. Um, sure. So, yeah, why not use the tools? Yeah. We call it rubber ducking. Whenever you've got, you just need to get it out of your head and onto yeah. paper. Like I do that nine times out of 10. Hey, buddy. I like asking an actual friend at work. I'm thinking about this. Oh, never mind. I just realized what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, right. You just the minute you get it out, and ChatGPT is an excellent rubber duck uh, yep. partner, especially if you've got some idea of where you're where you want to go. Right. Yeah, so, learn to code. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to learn to code. Don't let everybody tell you you have to learn to code. It's but you know it's fun it's a fun practice i tried once i hated it so much <laughs> do you want to know how i got into it kurt yeah it was not because i don't have a computer science degree i'm an english literature person i wanted to code because i thought syntax highlighting was really pretty <laughs> i wanted to write code because i thought i loved syntax highlighting and the way oh. things like the fonts and stuff. A very visual. Co- My code is so scrappy because of it. But like it's that's how I got into it. I had wow. nothing. And my job <laughs> made me. Uh, that was really the, the, the thing. Yeah. My first venture into coding was in high school. Coding my TI-83 plus calculator. 
So our uh, our math textbook actually had a couple of example programs that it shows you the code for. And so I'm like, oh, well, that's not too bad. <laughs> and so I made a full-fledged program to help me in like my trigonometry class and a whole bunch of other stuff. And I even I wanted to make sure it was on the up and up. So I told my teacher, I'm like, look, I've got this program that I made. Is it okay if I use it on the test? And they're like, if you know the formula well enough to program it, you're good. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really cool teacher. (laughs) So so, like I had the quadratic formula programmed into my calculator and I just had to plug in the variables and it spit out the answer for me. And it was back then, well, depending on the teacher, but that particular teacher, I didn't have to show my work. So I was done with those tests in like five minutes, whereas everyone else is taking an hour. (laughs) Knew you had it. Yeah, Yeah. Um, a cool teacher. So yeah, yeah, that was good times. Uh, I had a few people try to uh, get the program for me. I'm like, sure, give me ten bucks. All right, and and then they were like, oh, never mind. (laughs) <laughs> but I did have one person. One person bought it off me, and uh, so yeah, I was like, "All right, ching, That's sweet, yeah, right, <laughs> oh, love it." Oh, but yeah, that was my my first venture into programming. <laughs> All right, we have one more topic for the evening. Can you dig it? Which. <laughs> Is the old version of the topic. It is, what do you think about? Uh, specifically, what do you think about content creation or being a content creator? Ah, it's there. terrible. You shouldn't, <laughs> you shouldn't do it. Stressful. Well, no, so, it's great, man. So a lot of kids these days, when you ask them what they want to be when they grow up, they're like, I want to be a YouTuber. And so I guess... What do you does your does Sam say that to you? I mean, he said he wants to start yes. a, a YouTube channel uh, with your your squatch hunting. Yep. What, what do you tell him? I, I tell him I tell him it's the hardest job on the planet um, because that's the truth. Uh, it's one one of the hardest. I'm get yelled at by like doctors and surgeons and stuff. <laughs> this, it, it is one of the hardest jobs, and not because it's like it's hard because it's all self motivated. It takes. 80 plus hours a week, if minimum to like every 10 seconds of a video is an hour and a half of work. Uh, so I, I tell him the truth. I'm like, you can certainly pursue this because I remember being a kid and wanting to develop video games uh, or being interested in that. But everybody said, well, you never be, you can't do that. That's like for eight people on the whole planet. You gotta be really smart. I've made like four games now, you know, and I'm not going to discourage <laughs> his passion for making stuff. Like I let him go and he, uh, I don't let him stream, but I let him record his game playing and talk to a microphone. And he's got such good charisma. I'm obviously his dad. So I'm a little biased, but he's got good charisma. I'm like, he could do it if he really set his mind to it. I, and I don't want to discourage him. So yeah, I, I say it's great. I'm like, we got to have some rules around it when you get old enough to be doing this stuff. Cause people are creepy and weird. And then and that's a sketchy place. Yep. Um, you know, you got to set up guardrails because I care about my kids' safety. But like, I I think I think it's not a bad thing to consider. I think you just got to go in knowing what it's gonna take. And I've told him like, 
you know, what are you going to do? What's your business plan? You know, he's eight, but he knows <laughs> he's like, I want to review mods uh, and I want to do it in a way that other kids can watch. Cause a lot of the videos about mods on certain games, he can't watch because the people have such filthy language and stuff. Yep. So I'm and you know, regardless of how you feel about that, that's the way I am. I'd, I'd rather him not watch stuff with tons of bumps and stuff in it where they don't they are necessary. So his his whole model is like, I want to do stuff so five to ten year olds could watch it and could see what a mod is. And I could tell their parents, OK, this is suitable for ages 12 to 18 or, or this is suitable for four to six. Yeah, it's really cool. I'm like, that's actually really well thought out, bud. It's it's way more thought out than a lot of content creators. <laughs> right? <laughs> he's he's good, man. He's, he's good. Yeah, and my boys, they're 11 and 9, and they, yeah. they're like, I want to be a YouTuber when I grow up. And so whenever they mention it, I always bring them back to a specific example of a YouTuber. Um, I don't know if you've ever watched Hermitcraft. They're um, Minecraft YouTubers. And there's one guy in particular, his name, he goes by the handle Impulse SV. Mm -hmm. And um, Impulse was a, he was a, a programmer long before he was a YouTuber. And he was doing YouTube for 10 years before he went full-time YouTube. And so I, I tell them, I'm like you've got to have a way to make money while you're building up your audience. And, and I mentioned, I'm like, this guy was a programmer. He had a full career. He, he then went to part-time and then he went to, uh, as a, a part-time, uh, as a programmer went to part-time and then now is a full-time YouTube creator. But he, before that he worked, I think it was for Intel. I could be wrong on that, but I think he was working for Intel. And, uh, and so I'm like, I, I said, I'm like, pursue your passion, but just know it's basically going to be a second job that you don't get paid for for a long time while you're building up your audience and building up your technical skills. Because a lot of kids, they look at it as, oh, I can just record myself playing a video game and post it and make money. Well, that doesn't work for 99.99999% of people. You have to learn a lot about editing. You have to learn a lot about um, not just video editing, but graphic editing for your thumbnails. You have to learn about SEO. You have to learn about um, the ever-changing YouTube algorithm and how to leverage it to your advantage. And there's there's so many different hats that you have to wear to be a successful YouTuber. Um, and not even, to mention mental fortitude, yes, uh, because it is a it, you got to be pretty sure of who you are and what you stand for and what you're going to let bother you uh, to put your face on the internet. That I worry about that more uh, yeah. than anything. Well, and you don't necessarily have to put your face on the internet. Uh, VTubers, yeah, VTubers, or just there's like I again, I'm Hermitcraft. They're one of the most successful Minecraft uh, YouTube collaborators they all play on a server together uh there's several of them that have never shown their face yeah. and so you can do it you mm -hmm. can stay anonymous if that's what you so choose but then there's there's aspects of that that are going to be detrimental because people want to see your face and then and once you do reveal your face it's like oh that's what you look like. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Oh. Uh, 
Um, and so I, I just, I try to, to rein them in to realism while also encouraging them. Um, and so I'm like, look on a Saturday, if I'm still learning how to, how to edit videos, but I can teach you what I've learned so far and we can learn stuff together. And, and so, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I got OBS onto their computers so they can record stuff and, um, uh, teach them little bits here and there. They haven't posted anything, but you know, yeah. get, learning those skills now is will help them if they actually want to seriously pursue it. I think that that yeah. You know, look, I, my my kids are both adults at this point, and and so, um, and I worked in the video game industry for a little over twenty years, and um, my so my son in particular, my oldest, um grew up in the video game industry quite literally. I mean, he would come in to help beta test some things when he was small uh, because when I was working at Hasbro, we were doing uh, video games based on the Tonka license and things like that. Um, so he, when he, grew, when he grew older, he wanted to major in video games. And f- frankly, nowadays, the college's have those majors. Um, and so he did, and he has proceeded to do nothing with it. Um, in fact, he's, he's basically on his way to becoming a full fledged butcher. <laughs> really? Okay. Um, so, so all of that is it, the, the one thing that I don't think is really content creator specific, but how we talk to our kids about what they want to do is just say, Hey, this is really cool at the really cool aspect of things, you know, content creation. Look, I've been doing um, it's content creation of a sort, but I've been doing voiceover now for about 10 years or so. And just now I'm getting to the point where if I put my full weight into it, I could make, I, I could, I could work as a part-time job doing it. Like I'm making enough after 10 years because there's an aspect of luck that's involved and an aspect of the back end, not fun, really hard work stuff that nobody likes doing. But if you want to succeed in whatever you want to do, you got to be willing to put in the hard work. And, and, and that's the, that's the work that sucks. It's just not good. It's not fun. Nobody wants to do it. But if you want to actually like, if if your kids want to, you know, become a YouTuber, um, do cool content, and make lots of money, two <laughs> two out of three of those are really easy. Um, the other one, the make lots of money thing, requires a lot of work, as you guys know. Um, and that's the place where the rubber meets the road, and where people don't want to do the work or don't know how to do the work which requires more education, which is way more difficult. And frankly, where most people don't want to deal with it. No, I just want to do what I do. Cool. You can do that too. Yeah. Just don't expect a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's when you got to determine what your goal is in being a content creator. Right. Is your goal to make it a job that a, a live, make a livable wage at, that's not right. my goal with with content right. creation, or is it just the creation itself? Like, 
Wise and Nerdy is a creative avenue for me. It it isn't mm-hmm. a money making thing. Like, yeah, I I don't I don't make hardly anything off of this. Most right. podcasters don't. Right. But Charles promised me a good hundred bucks for this appearance, so I don't know what you guys are making. That, Ooh, way less than that. That's like uh, <laughs> three months of our Patreon pay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so what you know, here's here's the like I, I work a full time day job. Um and I do voiceover and I do uh podcasting and, and stuff on the side. My goal, and I've told my boss this flat out, my goal is to quit the company because I'm 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 making enough money with my voice to sustain myself. I'm not there. I don't know if I'll ever be there, but that's just something I constantly work towards. Now the level of work that that takes is limited because I, I have a limit to the amount of time that I have. Um, but, but I will say, you know, I think largely podcasting and things like that are, are largely a creative outlet for me. Um, what's really weird is I'm now at the point where, um, cause I've been doing TikTok and Instagram for a while now doing the fat guy and now fit guy stuff. And, I am now really looking more seriously into how do I expand my audience? Um, Cause I've got a decent amount of followers, but not anything to make any money on. I mean, nothing yeah. close at all, but, but my, my intent isn't so much to make the money, but to increase the range of the message. Yeah. And so that's my bigger, that's my right now, my bigger concern. Um, which I know is a little further afield than, you know, what the, you know, what, what are we talking about for content creation? But I think, I think we went down the road with the kids and I think that that's, you know, it, it really all comes back down to you can do all of this stuff that you want, but just understand there's a sucky part of it. And, mm-hmm. and you just have to, if you're willing to do that, that's cool. That's great. And you probably can be a success, but it's a lot of work and a lot yeah. more than anybody knows. Right. So, um, yeah. and success is a mix of hard work and luck. No question about it. I mean, honestly, when I got into the video game industry, um, I was 19 years old and it was 1986. There were, there were very few companies to speak of. And those of us who played video games were very niche. I mean, yeah. it was just, there weren't a lot of people doing that. Um, and so I lucked into it. I, you know, I, I was the first full time tester for a company and, and lucked into a career. Um, I would not hire me today if I was still managing <laughs> groups, uh, in, in, in video game industry because too many people have way more experience now. Yeah. It's a crowded field. It's a really crowded field and a terrible business. Like just the way the employees are treated now. um, It was bad when I was in it. It it got worse. It got worse. Um, And um, so, so you can go down that road, but just be prepared that you're probably going to need to work a second job. At, at the very least, just to be on the safe side. Yeah, so. absolutely. It's yeah. I, I, my wife always joked that my wife and I both joked that I forced gumped my way into my career. Uh, <laughs> just like 
I guess I was in college. They funneled people from there into a contracting position. I mean, I interviewed well, so I was I, I some of it was my own effort. And then once I got in, I'm I'm not that great of an interviewer, but I'm a real good worker and I'm yeah. real fast at learning stuff. So it's like I just try to hang on to whatever job I've got because yeah. I'm like I never want to interview again if I could just avoid it at all costs. There's something to be said for that, right? Yeah. Uh, I, and I'll tell you, like one of the things that I told my my son when he was uh, interviewing for, uh, well, and to to do the meat cutter thing and, and eventually, mm-hmm. like he's working at an Air Force base now, you know, basically cutting meat for the for their commissary. Um, but I said, if anybody says to you, "Hey, does anybody want to do this?" You say yes. Yes. You yes. just say yes. And, and because one, you're going to find that nowadays, not a lot of people are saying yes. Um, mm-hmm. So you will stand out and they'll start looking at you. And he's been getting promotions and that whole thing. And look, uh, the other thing is, dude, you got a government job. <laughs> as long as you don't royally <laughs> screw this up, you're good. Yeah. Like just hang in. Yeah. So as someone who has worked for the government, that is unbelievably true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yep. you can say say yes to everything until you can say no. Uh some more. Like, right. like get where you right. want and then start picking and choosing. Build that reputation of like uh the person who's willing to do it when it needs done. Uh, right. really be I just tell people the Mr. Rogers keys to success. Number one, be kind. Number two, be kind. Number three, be kind. It's really all it takes, and you'll <laughs> you'll be fine. Like know what you're doing to some degree, but be great to work with. Yes, um, we have gone into career advice uh, beyond content. <laughs> That's the <laughs> other thing about wise and nerdy. We go off on these tangents. <laughs> we have a lot of wisdom to share. I mean, here that's what the name of the game is. <laughs> that's right. Well, before we head off, Stephen, where can they find you? You can find me over on uh, – I'm hanging out on Blue Sky these days uh, instead of the uh, the site formerly known as Twitter. Uh, Steve H&H there. You can also just go to Linktree, linktr.de. How do we say that? I don't. I still haven't figured it out. <laughs> Linktree uh, slash link, Steve Linktree H&H. Slash, right. Linktree slash Steve H&H is where you can find all the links. Uh, Monday nights I do a show called Those Were the Days, a podcast about classic television that I do with my wonderful friends, Amy Frost, TV Travis, and Audie Norman. Uh, we have an absolute time to blast talking about old TV. So join us there. Uh, our most recent episode was on a show called He Can't Remember. He stalled until, you know, when I get off the show, I can't remember uh, what my uh, what my show was about. <laughs> um, oh, Red Green Show. We did the Red Green Show uh, this past Monday. It was flipping fantastic. So I do that, and then I do Horseshoes and Hand Grenades with my sister-in-law, Smash You, and the Stars Align. Uh, we're planning on doing that tomorrow night, but you can find all that twitch.tv slash two dorks TV. All right. And that is the show. Follow these nerdy dads on social media. Charles at Rock God of Podcasting. Joe at Joseph underscore Ard. Check out the website, wiseandnerdy.com. And as always, they may not be your father. But they'll always be your daddy. And feel by Kurt everywhere. 